Welcome everyone to another live Tim and John show. We have got some crazy news for you. For some reason my screen screen switcher scene switcher is not working, so just bear with me as I'm trying to figure it out. But we've got Biden picks Janet Yellen for Treasury Secretary, and I just want to get into how just absolutely astonishing. I mean, I guess it's not astonishing the fact that it happened, but it's more astonishing from the fact that you know we have a Federal Reserve that was created supposedly to be an independent central bank. And now we're at the point now where, boom, you've got people from the Federal Reserve just coming right over and being Treasury Secretary. We've had this in the past before where uh, – was it was it Geithner, John, who went from the uh, – did he go from Treasury – no, he went from Fed to Treasury as well. But was he the New York – I think he was in charge of the New York Fed. I think it was the New York – yeah, I think it was the New York governor, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, essentially the New York Fed is the one who's calling the shots and who are really kind of running the show. But obviously someone like Janet Yellen would not be, uh, you know, too far behind when it comes to that. And I mean, it's just absolutely insane. And, and the, like literally the entire reason justification for the, and we all know why the Fed was actually created. It was created basically as a big money grab by the, you know, super power elite over there to basically do a, you know, a coup against America. But what we were sold on this, and we as in you know anyone that was around in you know 1910 when the uh, you know the powers that be were sitting around the table uh, discussing this at Jekyll Island, but what we were sold on that oh that we needed an independent central bank and then that independence would then you know we needed people that are completely you know had no conflicts of interest and were independent from the treasury so then that way they can make decisions on the best uh, on behalf of American citizens and now we have people going directly from the Fed to the treasury and again you know it did happen underneath geithner and i'm sure it's you know probably happened before but oh we picked the first woman and so you know the stock market's going crazy on this news because they know that janet yellen is just gonna you know print us into oblivion and you know just keep going you know business as usual you think she's gonna raise interest rates Tim? come on not a chance i mean i was i mean i gave my speech at, at, at no, Coco saying joking. that they weren't going to be raising <laughs> rates you know ever and, you know, and finally now, I mean, they're finally starting to come to that realization that that is something that's not going to be happening. I do apologize to keep like switching to the wrong screen over here because my I'm doing this like manually and I've got like nine million things going on over here. But it's just, you know, it's just quite astonishing. And then we've got, you know, oh, Biden says that we should go and pick a Native American to be a U.S ambassador because you know we've already got a woman as fed as uh, treasury secretary and now we need to have a native american and then you know who knows next i mean now we've got to have you know probably well, throw the transgendered in there but we gotta have you know probably throw a black well, guy you, in you there do, tim you do have the first transgender congress uh, i don't know congress something uh, over there in the united states you know the, the whole thing that they you know you're going to choose somebody you have to choose somebody based on who they are you know and not what they've done or what they actually are you know uh, have accomplished in their life you know it just baffles me that anybody would do that but of course it's the same in germany right now tim they just passed the legislation that now you have to have 50 percent representation in on corporate boards so it's the oh, same kind of something you know mentality it doesn't matter if they qualified or not but you know uh, just we gotta have it yeah absolutely you know it means more about you know the the form of saying, oh, yeah, look at this. We virtue can pound our, pound our chest and virtue signal that, you know, yeah. we have really done something here. And then, uh, you know, and I just wanted to just mention as a quick aside, I didn't really want to spend a lot of time on that because you guys are smart enough to realize, you know, what that actually means. But now we have Jerome Powell saying the economy as we know it might be over forever, uh, says, you know, Jerome Powell. And 
it's, it's just, you know, he's going on and saying, you know, we're recovering, but to a different economy. Paul said during a virtual panel discussion that the European Central Bank's forum on central banking. And, you know, all these guys, now the initial game plan for what I thought was going to be going down, uh, and this was, you know, kind of going back, you know, probably it was right around the time that we, uh, you know, that, that there was that Russian, you know, aircraft, you know, that the Russians got blamed for downing an aircraft. And right before that happened, I remember telling the first time that I think it happened twice. One was like a Malaysian Airlines flight. You know, I'm getting the dates mixed up. I think it was around like 2014 ish. But anyway, yeah, it was right around the big crisis, you know. But but anyways, what I thought was going to happen is that we would try to get into a war with Russia or maybe China. And, you know, certainly if Hillary got in, that was basically the game plan. And then we would use that war to then say, oh, look at this. The, you know, the dollar crashed, but it only crashed because of these damn Russians. If it wasn't for the Russians or the or the uh, Chinese or the Easter Bunny, then everything would have been up fine. And not acknowledging the systemic problem that the Federal Reserve poses just by the fact that we have to borrow our own money into existence it's the biggest fraud that's ever been around but they know that that didn't work and so they're getting desperate and so they're throwing this hail mary pass and this new hail mary pass feel like i'm gonna sneeze and i wanted to yell coronavirus when i sneeze but I, apparently you know i willed that one away and didn't have to sneeze but anyways um now, I lost my train of, train of thought. But anyway, okay, so, yeah, so now the new Hail Mary pass is, you know, the wars didn't work yet. And so now it's, oh, you know, everything was humming along fine. And we were the greatest economy ever. And, you know, and, and you know, if it wasn't for this pandemic or this pandemic that, you know, we couldn't have ever predicted or, or foresaw coming, then, you know, everything would have been great. When the fact is this whole entire economy is built on quicksand. If you have a central bank where we have to borrow our money into existence, I know I've said this before, I'll say it again. The first dollar that was ever created was created December 23rd, 1913, where we had the first dollar was created had 4% interest on it. If you lend that dollar out for a year and you want to get 4% interest, you are you have to owe a dollar for at the end of the year. Well, if you only created one dollar, where do you get the four cents from? You have More to debt. borrow another dollar yeah, and then another exactly. dollar and then another dollar. So literally from day one, it's mathematically impossible. And you've got jackasses like Donald Trump going out there and be like, you know, I remember like the first month he was in pres the president. Uh, you know, I think that the or the first like three months you had the uh, the debt actually went down a little bit. But there were some adjustments because that's when people pay their taxes. And I'm like, listen, and everyone's like, see, he's going to have the debt go back down to zero you know maga 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 instead he raised the debt more than any other fucking president that's ever been out there and the fact is you can't pay off the debt because the money is debt and so if you don't understand that you're not playing at my level you're not playing at john's level you're not playing at our audience's level you are an idiot if you don't understand this and you're only contributing to your own demise and i'm sorry i'm getting pissed but the only reason i'm pissed is because you have all these people out there who've been lambasting me for years saying things like oh you know trump is going to do this and trump's going to do that and now, you know, when I literally make a video, Anna Capoco saying, uh, guess what? They're going to rig these states and they only need to rig a few counties in a few states. And here's how they're going to do it. There's something called fraction magic in the voting machines that I've been talking about for four years. And now the Q-tards are like, oh, well, uh, he did win the election if it wasn't for all the Democrats cheating. And who could have foresaw all this cheating? Guess what? I foresaw it. John foresaw it. Josh foresaw it. Ernest Hancock foresaw it. A lot of us foresaw it, but our voices were shouted down by all the Q people who literally have done more to bring communism to this country than even the communists because 
because what, what's happened now? The Federal Reserve has doubled in size. Uh, did the communists do that or did Trump do that? Trump willed that on. Then you had, you know, the debt has now increased faster than it's ever increased in the history of this country. The money print has increased more than it's ever gone. We've never been less free. And I just had somebody who then wanted to tell me on Facebook that why am I so mad at all the Q people? I should be mad at the communists. Well, it's the, it's the Q people that allowed all this stuff to happen and then cheerleaded Donald Trump doing this every step of the yeah, way. Because they sat there doing nothing, right? And everything good that Trump did, like getting out of the TPP, well, guess what? Anyone that was elected, uh, you know, as a Republican should have done that. All that's going to be reversed. All the, you know, all the climate stuff, that's all going to be reversed immediately. Everything, yeah. you know, quote unquote, good that he did is all going to be reversed, like probably day one. So great. You bought yeah. us a few more years, except you didn't buy us any, any more years because now we're in a greater tyranny than when we even left. And so, you know, I'm sorry for, you know, I, you know, I'm just like, in a bad mood today because someone just pissed me off on Facebook yeah. right before we got on here. And I will be getting off <laughs> Facebook at the end of the year. And so that's why you guys should, should go to, um, the link that's down below, it's uh, forward slash libertyadvisorshow.com forward slash TJS028. And then you can get all the show links for here. And then also in the description, too, uh, there's also a bit.ly link that you can get on our email list. So we've got bit.ly slash Tim John email. And I do want to promote the fact that we just had an interview with one of the SpaceX co-founders. That was awesome. Uh, probably one of the favorite interviews, maybe aside from Sheila Griffin that I've ever done. Also, then followed it up with an interview by Richard Grove. And the people that are subscribed to us on the email list and on the text list, you guys and girls are going to get it first. And then the people that are going to get it last are the people watching on YouTube. So if you're on our BitChute, if you're on our library, and we're doing all new branding and having people behind the scenes working on stuff. So right now, the website's still obviously a work in progress. But you know we're at the point where this information cannot be allowed on YouTube. We've already been kicked off World Alternative Media. But it's... Uh, yeah, we see someone in the comments right now saying that, you know, Trump caved on the hoax, hoax masks and now the vaccines. And yeah, so he was so Trump was kind of straddling that line where he was people were like, oh, well, he's not, you know, pro mask. Well, yeah, he was, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, you should wear your mask or you should, you know, kind of straddling that line and, and saying things like he doesn't really think that uh, and he was know, calling for the military to help, you know, distribute all the vaccines. Too, yeah, so. 2015, 2016, he was out there saying you know, all these things like, uh, you know, questioning vaccines. And now he's like, oh, look what I've done with Operation Warp Speed and, and everything I'm doing. And me, 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 me. And I've got the best words and the most fantastic words and the greatest words. And meanwhile, we've got guys like this who, uh, you know, let me try to see if I can get, let me try to, just one second, trying to get, uh, you know, share this video. Unfortunately, I don't think John will be able to hear this. But here is one of the military generals just last week talking about having forced vaccinations in America, you know, and this is Trump's general up there. It's his CDC. It's his, all his people up there. And, and now all he's saying is, look, we're going to get this vaccine quicker than ever. So let's, uh, let's, let's hear this out. Uh, at this level, after working these details for the last six months, uh, as I've told the team, two things we must have. One, upon uh, emergency use authorization, uh, all of America must receive vaccine within 24 hours, as I said. I think this is incredibly important, fair and equitable distribution of the vaccine throughout the country simultaneously. There is. Yeah, all Americans getting this within 24 hours. There is no, you know, it basically saying that all Americans have to go get this. And I didn't see any anybody push back on this. I didn't see Donald Trump push back on this. 
And it just absolutely just pisses me off that, you know, that Trump can say, and everyone's like, oh, well, Trump got us out of these wars. Well, he didn't get us out of a single fucking war. Sorry. And he actually dropped more bombs than Obama did. Uh, and But, you know, yeah, I will grant it. He didn't start any new wars. So, you know, I'll give him, you know, a big thumbs up on that. But, you know, it's just to see everybody just sleepwalking into this tyranny, sleepwalking into all these shutdowns, to have Janet Yellen being now at the Treasury Secretary or will be, you know, nominated, you know, to be in the tre- Fed, Fed, Ah, Treasury Secretary. Well, yeah, I'm getting my all mixed up because she came from the Fed and I was at the Treasury Secretary. It's just absolutely, it's just astonishing. I mean, it, it, it's, I've got no words for this. John, what, you, I'll let you talk because obviously I'm too heated up over all this <laughs> bullshit that's going on. Well, Tim, it's it's the same garbage here. You know, they're uh, calling for, you know, mass distribution. But now they can't really get it uh, soon enough because others like the U.S. and, and the U.K. are, you know, making their own. It was interesting. Oxford uh, just came out with a vaccine, the University of Oxford. Uh, it was like 70 percent effective, they're claiming. But what was more interesting is that, they, you know, talking about how usually it takes 10 years to make a vaccine, you know, in a proper way. And at that point, even, you know, you're looking at maybe like, you know, uh, anywhere from, you know, tw- 10 to 20 percent efficiency. So they really like have stepped up their game, you know, a game, you know, like suddenly they got uh, a vaccine in under half a year uh, getting created uh, that is, you know, uh, extremely more effective than it used to be. So the, I guess the technology and all the money that, you know, were put forward here has really saved the, saved the world, you know, when you look at it and, and you know, the, just that they think that, you know, nobody is having, uh, you know, side effects. Like you don't hear anything on, on the media. It was actually, I'm, I just have the, like the news on the C, CD, uh, CBC right in front of me, Canada broadcast. It's the state-owned uh, you know, um, station here. And they were actually like asking, you know, vitamin D, you know, uh, and at, uh, you know, at the actual question said that, you know, questionable claims. Um, and, you know, the vitamin D is one of the most important things to your uh, whole system. There's, you know, throwing people, telling people to stay inside. And then they're wondering why they get a mass amount of sick people suddenly, you know, after it, they've been inside all the time these people are, you know, uh, so ignorant and they're doing the total opposite of what a lot of, you know, things that are out there already. Now they're going to get even more sick when, if, you know, when they, if they, if, and when they catch coronavirus or they catch the flu or they catch, you know, a common cold, which happens, that's what happens to people They get sick. And now they're going to get even more sick because they completely effed up their entire immune systems by staying indoors, by putting on all the alcohol, sanitizer, getting rid of everything. I've been to like six different conferences this year with over 600 people out of the piece and I haven't gotten sick once. And my grandpa's like, Oh, you're just, you know, you're just, uh, you're just asking for it, you know? And okay, maybe I am asking for it, but maybe people should wonder how come I haven't gotten sick while meanwhile everyone else has been staying indoors and a lot of people go to the hospital are people who've been staying socially distanced been wearing masks been doing all the bullshit and now you've got guys like you and me who are out gallivanting around all the time uh not really taking those precautions and uh John are you still there we've got it looks like your screen went end up going blank okay we got oh. you back okay we see the taxation I mean, okay, okay cool <laughs> Yeah, no, it's interesting to me, you know, what what we're seeing here too is, you know, a lot of people are, they're they're claiming that, you know, we have like seven to 12 deaths a day here in Manitoba. And then, you know, they get asked, you know, like how many people, you know, have underlying health issues and, you know, how uh, it is, you know, COVID affecting uh, those people. And there's like, yeah, COVID is the major, you know, player that made them die. Uh, Basically, they're saying about every single death that, you know, basically is occurring right now. 
Uh, and of course, the PCR vaccine, the PCR test in itself, you know, it's been debunked uh, by, you know, Karen Mullins, the actual creator of the vaccine, you know, he says that, you know, uh, you could basically create 100% positives with the PCR tests because it's, uh, you know, if you amplify it enough. So the, the, the whole- I highly recommend everyone check out the show I did with Dr. Andrew Kaufman yeah. that you can find on library. It gets all into those details, you know, where he, you know, dispels that seven ways of Sunday or you can go into the Red Pill Expo and watch his hour-long presentation where it completely destroyed everyone on that subject. Sorry, John. Yeah, but anyways, let's let's get past the stupid vaccines because this is, you know, getting frustrating having to- constantly mention this because it's constantly getting thrown in our face you know when when you throw down your guard for a second you know they're back out there again you know counting's bullshit sorry no it's uh no it's it's 40 <laughs> chest john don't you don't you understand what's going on no, so 5d now, it's not 4d yeah, it's 5D. 5d and then uh now we have is another crisis imminent the fed must double qe in 2021 but it needs a catalyst so here we have, you know, a chart of the Federal Reserve balance sheet going up. You've also got one at the economictruth.org. Uh, and you go down to John's website and then, uh, you know, it's down in the lower right hand corner. You can click on to get all these different stats. We go to page seven here, I believe. You can see where, you know, the outright QE purchases just went absolutely bananas, you know, earlier this year. And now, you know, the Fed's balance sheet is back at an all time record high, which, you know, also corresponding with the stock market. Also now the, by the Dow Jones hitting an all time <laughs> record high. And then you've got, you know, from Seeking Alpha, is the Fed stuck with forever stimulus and i would say yes they are stuck with forever stimulus yeah. because they've boxed themselves into a corner and it's a corner that people like you and i have been warning about for years and i remember in 2011 writing a client email saying that the fed is stuck in a rock and a hard place and they can never really stop their easy money printing because if it did it'd make the stock market crash then when the stock market crash and yeah. then reverse course and then it's going to create this feedback loop and because politicians and presidents and economists can never really deal with any hard times they're going to keep kicking the can down the road until they create the worst problem of all which is actually destroying the currency so great job thank you all the cutards out there who have now helped I me mean, obviously i mean this was going to happen whether or not you know trump was elected or not eventually we're going to have this but now we're seeing you know the great reset you know i've done a show on it you know james corbett's done a great show on it lots of alternative people in alternative media have done great shows on on the great reset so we need to rehash that but you know what we should probably rehash is what's going to happen to all your assets during a great reset. So I'm actually over here putting together yeah. a great reset, uh, you know, strategy for people to help get them through this. So you guys can head to my website at thelibertyadvisor.com to uh, you know schedule a meeting with me. But what we're looking to do here is you know what happens. In, I mean, if you're holding on to bonds, you know, basically all those are going to be wiped out. You know, in a in a great reset, holding on to cash. That's probably a lot of that's gonna be, now it's going to be exchanged into something else. But you're going to see the assets themselves. So like stocks are probably going to go through the roof. Now, whether or not they actually keep the purchasing power. Uh, yeah, look, at, look at Venezuela, Tim. You know, the, for anybody that would like to know what stocks would do th during a hyperinflation default, you know, it's exactly what you're saying there. They're going to go through the roof, but they're not necessarily, you know, what happened in Venezuela was that actually, uh, you know, cryptos uh, increased like drastically and so did uh, gold and silver. But, you know, the stock markets didn't keep up with the valuations of um, of gold and, uh, and silver and crypto. Um, you know, they were far behind. It, even though they skyrocketed, they couldn't, you know, keep up with the true valuation that actually uh, precious metals and, and crypto had. So there, there is, you know, that there's actually a use case where, <laughs> you know, it was in 20, it was a 2017, uh, I believe, right? Uh, when we had the hyperinflation over there well actually they're having a brand new one right now so it's like, which, wanna... it's like, it's like which one it's like which one 
So <laughs> yeah, yeah, they actually had the, the, the so then they changed the currency. Nobody actually sees this in the media. Nobody's talking about that in the media that they actually got rid of the old currency, the, the, the devaluation, and then they created what they went from the Venezuelan uh, Bolivar's Verde to the Bolivar's Soberano. So now they have a brand new currency over there, and nobody, even in, the, in Bloomberg and everywhere, is talking about that they have the same currency. You know, they're they're totally like. Uh, so like behind which, the times like which and understanding one? you know financials and, and and economics it just baffles me sometimes tim you know with these experts that come on tv uh and, and you know tell you know that they know everything and they know nothing like yeah the more the more you know the more that you you know you end up that you don't end up knowing uh you know i think you know it's sort of a famous saying but even though i just butchered that but former bis chief economist Central banks keep shooting themselves in the foot. So uh, do you want to end up going over this article, John? I know that. Uh... Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually well, the, the, the first and foremost, Tim, it's, you know, the uh, uh, he's bashing, you know, Bank of Canada, especially, you know, if uh, if we go and look at Bank of Canada, Tim, if, if you actually want to go and like if you go to my uh, uh, my website, they're still under the repo. I actually have the two last slides are Canadian central bank assets. So if you can pull that up as I'm talking about, you know, what he's saying, but what he's saying is that, you know, they're, uh, they're basically, you know, he, he damn, wants- you guys, you guys make, uh, you know, the Fed look good, basically, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like making the Fed look like uh, just child's play compared to what Bank of Canada has done. You know, they were, you know, in my, I actually did a report on central banking and, you know, the Bank of Canada since 2008 are up, to, you know, a thousand and something percent. You know their balance sheet uh, just and uh, you know since uh, the crisis you know they had a, a two-month span when we had the lockdowns in march they actually had to you know insert uh, and buy uh you know for uh, they increased the balance sheet uh over i think it was 450 percent and then of course you know the government that he's you know actually well at least you guys it. sold all your gold off in you know 2002 so he can always yeah, fall which, back on that so which is interesting you know me and me and uh, josh we actually confronted bill Minota, all the finance minister uh, about this and you know he was uh, he he said that gold is worthless piece of asset uh basically when we when we confronted him on it and he was just laughing at us uh, but then he said, like, oh, you're going to just merge it into SDR, maybe, uh, you know, when the Canadian dollar fails. And then he's kind of laughs under his uh, breath, you know, as we kind of mentioned that to him. But you know where he is going right now, Mark Carney, that, you know, lost his job for a wheat charity scandal. He was a speaking scandal where Trudeau and a whole bunch of others were imp- implied into, which, you know, given a whole bunch of money to Trudeau's mother and a whole bunch of other speakers, you know, $250,000 for speaking engagement. But now, Minot, uh, Tim, is on his way to OECD in a leadership position there. And of course, OECD, what have they done? You know, look at the base erosion and profit shifting. If you look up BEPS, uh, OECD created that one, you know, way before uh, suddenly you had the, um, the scandal, the Panama Papers, you know, came after the OECD had this in place. So I think it was a total like false flag by the OECD to, you know, implement this global tax treaty between 100 signatories. Uh, the United States has not signed up to that one yet. But uh, again, back to the article, Tim, it's, you know. And let's also point out that William White, which, you know, I keep thinking of like Walter White from Breaking Bad, but William White is a former chief economist of the Bank for International Settlements, is taking central banks to the task. So this is not some nobody. This is a guy who used to work in the BIS, which we just did a show with Richard Grove, which I would say that's also probably one of my most favorite shows that we've ever done. <laughs> uh, so we had, you know, two just back to back. And actually, even the one that's about to drop with Russell Gray, that one was awesome too. So we've had just a murderous row 
of shows. And if you guys want to get the Richard Grove show first, where he gets deep into council and foreign relations, deep into the Royal Institute of Affairs, deep into the Rothschilds, deep into you know basically every one of these you know shadow government groups, then you guys are going to have to get onto the email list. And so that is bit.ly slash Tim John email, all uh, lowercase in the Tim John email. You'll get on the Tim and John show email list. Uh, pretty soon, Hopefully tonight we'll actually have it on, at timandjohnshow.com. But for now, just go to that. And then you'll also get the SpaceX interview first as well. And we just have to say that because so many people watched it. This is you know live on YouTube right now, but we've also done shows where you know we did part of that show live on, on Richard, with Richard Grove. Yeah. Gave you guys a little teaser for maybe half an hour. But you know if you want the full hour and a half show first, you're going to be on the email list and we send it out uh, soon then uh, you guys are going to be able to get that. But anyways, yeah, getting back to, I almost said Walter White, William White, you know, he goes on to say they have pursued the wrong policies, talking about central banks over the past three decades, which have caused ever higher debt and ever greater instability in the financial system. And if you guys want to see all these links, you can also go to the uh, you know the link that we have up top where we have all the show links. So we've got you know like probably 20 articles over here that are linked. So you know uh, YouTube doesn't like us linking them in there. So you guys can go to the to go to that link to get them all. But yeah, it's just uh, well, it's Tim. It's it's so interesting. You know what uh, what he's saying. It's basically down the line of what I wrote about in 2015. I wrote a massive article to start my whole book that's called Canada: The Greatest Economy in the World? Question mark. Because they came out and said that, oh, we're so great, we're fantastic. You know, and I went in and actually found flaws in the CDIC. Uh, banks are extremely overleveraged. Uh, you know, the private sector is massively leveraged. The government is getting into a lot of that. And now, of course, during the COVID, you know, the, they increased their debt, uh, they their deficit him by three thousand uh, and uh, three thousand one hundred percent. The the government, you know, puts the United States pretty much to you know uh, look like uh, nothing. Um, so, and, and then of course they've been buying corporate bonds. They've been buying provincial bonds, which is like state, like buying muni bonds, basically in the United States, they've been buying that because our provinces are going bankrupt too. Our, our province of Manitoba has gone from a 200 million uh, Canadian dollar deficit to 5 billion <laughs> this year. Uh, so as you can see, you know, the, the whole debt levels, you know, it, it's just like an extreme, extreme debt bubble. Look at what's happening in Australia where they didn't have the massive, you know, um, um, Central Bank interference by their uh, uh, Reserve Bank of Australia. They did. They didn't do what uh, Canada did. The mass all-in, you know, uh, bailout of everybody. Uh, and they are actually like the real estate prices are down thirty percent here in Canada. They're still up, you know, slightly in the biggest economies like Toronto and Vancouver, um, because they still don't want to give up this massive bubble that they created. And you know, when this bubble pops in in, in Canada, it's just gonna. Uh, I, I have no clue what it's going to look uh, look like. It's just going to be a complete mess, Tim. And um, Canada has really put themselves at a, at a place that is just beyond, you know, my my imagination with what they did this year during like three months. Um, with And now they're continuing it. And as you can see on the balance sheet of Canada, now it's actually starting to pick up again. And I, I predict that they're going to probably do some heavy, heavy interventions again to keep the banks alive because they're still doing repos to him of 155 billion. Sounds like, you know, nothing <laughs> compared to the United States, but it's massive. They're still, you know, uh, it's actually increasing as we're talking right now. And that's actually overnight bailouts of the banking sector that is back. And the other people that are basically bailed out or probably gonna be bailed out is a company like BlackRock, who's basically the biggest uh, landlord yeah. in the country. And especially in a place like Arizona, when in 2012, they were just going on the auction block and buying up every single house, basically sight unseen. And I was trying to buy a house at that point here in Arizona, and I had to go build one at the time because it was. Oh, you mean Blackstone? 
Uh, Blackstone or Black? I think it was Black Black Rock. Uh, Wasn't it Blackstone? Blackstone? I, I think Blackstone is the one that bought all the real estate, like the hedge fund. Uh, you know, it's it's hard. For, I'm getting confused because actually one of the neighborhoods like right next to my house is called Blackstone, so that's also gets yeah. confusing. So, but anyway, I always get, either ways. It the you know you know they're big, huge, multi-trillion-dollar yeah. funds, and you know we've got an article coming up on that later on. But if we switch over to we can see actually where we have a dark winter percentage of adults living in households not current on rent or mortgage where eviction or foreclosure in the next two months is either very likely or somewhat likely. And if you guys are watching this, uh, you know, on the, on the video, you can see that this, these red and dark red, I mean, it looks like even like Arizona, I mean, that's like in the, you know, 30 plus percent uh, have not paid, you know, the rent or very likely, you know, to face eviction, you know, a few places are, you know, I mean, a few places like New York, which is actually kind of surprising is down, you you know, in like 10 or 11%. But, you know, you start going through and it shows that uh, 5.8 million adults say they are somewhat to very likely to face eviction or foreclosure in the next two months. And so there's probably going to be some sort of moratorium or you had the Center for Disease Control issue a temporary suspension. And I want to know how the fuck can the Center for Disease Control just go out there and, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm trying to have like some compassion here, but how do they get to be the arbiters of, you know what, we're just going to go sign this little piece of paper saying that no one can get evicted. And I know what tough times were like. I mean, in 2018, when I decided to, you know, create a, a, you know, wanted to branch out into advising on cryptocurrencies. I essentially lost my job and, you know, and ended up having to sell my house and, and then the state of Arizona wouldn't allow me to start working again for most of 2018. So everything that's going on with everybody else in 20, 2020, I mean, I feel your pain because I had to go through that myself, except I didn't take any, even though, you know, I was not in a great position, didn't take any uh, bailout money, didn't take any food stamps, didn't take any of this stuff and, you know, had to go get into some debt. But now, you know, business is rocking and rolling. Um, so I do know I'm not like a hypocrite. I know what it's like and it definitely sucks. And my situation was basically a government uh, sponsored situation. Same as this whole pandemic, because I was waiting for the government of Arizona to just basically say, hey, you're working over here. Now you want to work over here. We're just need you to you know, put out this little uh you know, it was a thumbprint card I was waiting to get and they just wouldn't send it to me. It kept jacking with me. But, you know, that's what they do when you're over the target and you're trying to, you know, be a, you know, put a thorn inside the man. They try doing everything they can to shut it down. Except now when this whole pandemic struck, I was already doing all my meetings at Zoom. I already went virtual. I already, you know, got lean. And, and really when this hit and having bet against the stock market, I was in the perfect position. But at the same point, you shouldn't have why who gives the cdc the authority to say hey by the way you know uh if you're not paying rent you know you can't kick out you know renters I mean, who gives them that authority i mean they just gave themselves that authority and the cdc is basically like not even like a government agency so i don't even know how that that's even that there's god now and just get to do whatever they want to do yeah tim, tim listen you know like think about this you know that the renters are not paying then the landlords are not getting paid and the banks are not getting paid you know, where, uh, how, how are you going to keep that going for a very long period of time without constant bailouts of the system in order to prop it up? It's impossible. They actually put them, you know, this whole COVID shutdown was the biggest clusterfuck that have ever happened in, in, in history with, you know, the, 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 the government. You know, the government has done nothing but completely damaging and, and destroying. Of course, it was massively extended on debt. A lot of, especially here in Canada, was just, just ridiculous. Of course, in the United States, it was uh, similar in some debts, you know, some aspects of, of it as well. But what they've done with just shutting down the economy, basically here in Canada, you're looking at like 30 to 50% of small businesses will be done after this. You know, they got moratoriums here uh, until, you know, January. 
so far, they're going to have to extend that because that's not going to happen. You know, everybody is basically bankrupted because of government intervention. And then they're trying to blame COVID for this. Uh, you know, their massive scam that they pushed forward by, you know, bankrupting all these people. And then, of course, you, the big, you, uh, you know, uh, conglomerates and you know, the small businesses we got will be done. Uh, who would it be? It would be like uh, Home Depot. Uh, Rona, it would be Canadian Tire, it would be uh, Walmart, it would be... Um, um, and you know what would make it easier for people to afford housing prices? If the housing prices collapse. That would make it easier for people yeah. to be able to afford houses. But what they want to do is they want to, you know, game the system and keep everybody in this, like, renter economy where, you know, you just make and, just and enough wanna... money to pay your bills and be able to pay the interest on your credit cards to get deeper and deeper into debt. Well, the two assets, Tim, that they need to keep up because the baby boomers hold them as a majority of their assets is real estate and it's uh, it's stocks. If they don't if they don't keep that up, you know, they're going to lose their voters first of all uh, of you know the, the this whole system, uh, and then second, you know, the, the baby boomers are in a natural deflationary state, like pushing the economy into nationally uh, naturally deflationary state because they need to sell off assets to you know live off of when they retire, and nobody understands this. That, you know, this is uh, going on and that's the real cause of this whole crashing economy is, uh, you know, the deflationary state. They can't have that because remember what you told in the start, you need to expand that monetary supply, you know, and, and if you actually have a lack now of currency and you can pay off all the debt that exists and it would still be that interest that you were talking about. And there's no you more, know, if you paid off all the debt the and there's no more money because the money yeah. is debt because the biggest problem this country has and this world has really is the fact that we have a debt-based monetary system. It's not just us, it's the entire world. And so if you have a reset, but then you reset us into an even bigger slave control grid, we're going to be a worse off. That's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to use blockchain technology against us, which is why I've been trying to promote, you know, there's, you can either free us or enslave us. The average person knows absolutely nothing, which means it's probably going to be enslaved. And so I'm not super happy about this. So, you know, I am, you know, sorry that I'm, you know, basically in like a pissy mood right here. But sorry, I'm in a pissy mood as this entire world is going to shit. So it's it's just absolutely just pisses me off. And now we see articles over here from CNBC or as I like to call it, CNBS. Some unemployment recipients face big overpayment bills. So we've got, you know, different programs that are running out at the end of the year. We've got one from Wolf Street over here, no payment, no problem. In a rosy world of forbearance, official delinquencies plunge, credit scores of delinquent borrowers jump. But, you know, and then uh, and then we've got the other news too that, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, uh, Qantas will only let passengers who've had the COVID vaccine on their international flights. Uh, you know, who didn't see that coming? And so, and that's when, that's when I was going to play the video of the general saying that. Yeah, I mean, well, what didn't we warn about back in March, Tim? I, I do believe I actually mentioned the report from IATA, uh, the International Aviation and Transportation Agency. Uh, you know, now it's ICAO uh, came out the UN agency that, you know, works with IATA. Uh, they came up with like a whole bunch of COVID, uh, you know, related like structures of how you're going to deal with, uh, you know, the, the customers as they enter uh, into the airport and what to do with them, blah, 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 all that um, garbage in order to, uh, you know, keep, keep this whole like scam alive because people believe that it was like, and people said me, you know, like, oh, can we just get this vaccine to, to get this, uh, you know, they call it temporary normal. It's like, no, it's not temporary. You guys can you just know. hurry up and give up your freedom? Is that way we can get our freedoms back? I mean, I can't tell you how many even Republicans are like, just wear the mask and just, you know, the quicker you wear the mask, the quicker we can stop wearing the mask. How about the quicker I don't put on a fucking mask, the quicker I don't wear a mask. I mean, 
It's that simple. I mean, when have you ever given up your right and then gotten it back quicker? Never. So the fact that you have Republicans are like, oh, no, if you just put on the mask and, you know, the, then, then it's going to look better. And then, you know, Trump will then end up winning. And, and then once, you know, the, the Rona is away, then we can all put our mask away. Uh, and it's not about that. It's about, you know, beating us down into the submission. And now we're receiving an article, another article you sent us from the BBC, uh, COVID-19, China pushes for QR code system based on global travel. And it's just, you know, where are they going to end with this stuff? They're not going to end because the amount of tyranny you get is the amount of tyranny you put up with. And unfortunately, we are pretty resilient people. So we're able to put up with a lot of different tyranny, John. No, exactly. No, we, we let ourselves, you know, uh, get through a lot. And, and people that, you know, go to airports. You remember, uh, I was talking to my mom, you know, remember when uh, we used to travel when I was young in my, you know, between 10 to 16 years old, and we traveled all across Europe and, and there was nothing but a tiny little, there wasn't even metal detectors sometimes that we went through Tim uh, back in the day. And then of course the security industry had this ready in 2001. Well, look at now, like I'm, I, I follow the security industry extremely closely uh by by chance because i'm in it and and of course that what they're pushing right now is that they're pushing for uh, you know ais that can uh, recognize mask wearing uh it, it it also enforces social distancing and counts people that are surrounding in certain areas you know then enforce uh what they're having all these you know different uh legislations that they're trying to push through and you know what's interesting tim i just recently heard uh this moron of a lawyer uh, coming out and saying here in Canada that, you know, because we're here in Manitoba, they're, you know, we, we're not allowed to, you know, uh, even have one person over at your home other than your household right now. Uh, and so uh, he, she said, that this lawyer said that, well, you don't, in Canada, we don't have any rights like in the United States. We basically, because we live in a democracy, we can take away those rights uh, when we feel that anybody is put into you know, the risk of a loss of life, basically. That's what she was saying. And she said, like, there was no reason for anybody to try to sue anyone. Uh, so it's like a scare tactic coming out there trying to push this garbage of that you, you know, if you, if you stand up, there's no reason to stand up because you can't, it really can't because we live in a totalitarian state that could tell you what to do at any given time. <laughs> That's basically what she's saying. Uh, not that, you know, uh, she wanted to say that on, uh, on TV, but that's exactly what, what she would say to him. I know. And now we've got another another uh, you know crazy article over here where it shows, let me go to the top, from MarketWatch, beware of zombie companies running rampant in the stock market. A total of 19% or 571 companies in the Russell 3000 index are considered unviable. A widely accepted definition of a zombie is a business. Now, we're not talking about people wearing masks. I hear we're talking about the, the businesses. So a widely accepted definition of a zombie is a business with an interest coverage ratio of less than one to three years. On that measure, 11% of Russell 3000 index companies are unviable. A figure that jumps to 90% or 571 companies on a 12-month basis. Altogether, those 571 businesses employ more than 800,000 people. So you have all these companies that are basically just surviving off the fact they've got low interest rates. And if it wasn't for the fact they had low interest rates, we're going to keep getting deeper and deeper into debt. They wouldn't survive. It's sort of like a basic, you know, model of from like a you know John Perkins, you know, economic hitman type scenario of what's unfolding. Uh, you know, hear us before us. And another thing that's unfolding right before us, we are in speaking of, you know, more on lawyers, we've got, uh, you know, 
Joe Biden, who is now, which, you know, he finished, I think, like third to last his class in Syracuse. I'm originally from Syracuse, New York. So, you know, I was, you know, aware of that for a very long time. And uh, going over here, we have an article from uh, MRC Newsbuster, a special report, the stealing of the presidency 2020. And, you know, what? I really don't even want to cover this because guess what? You know, anyone that saw my Anna Capoco speech could have seen where I went on stage and said, you know, here's like the six or seven different states that were super close last time. And all I need to do is flip a few different voting machines and a few different counties. And by the way, there's something called fraction magic, and that's how they're going to do it. And now everyone's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that the Democrats would stoop to this and nobody saw it coming. And it's not about, you know, look at me. We saw it coming. It's about we want to create solutions and First off, voting is, you know, basically, you know, it's it's a waste of time. It's especially a waste of time if your vote doesn't even count. It's especially a waste of time if your vote doesn't count. And then you have electors who are the ones that pick the person anyways, when it's not us picking who's ever the president. It's the point zero one percent. Even though I think Trump, you know, was trying to do good things, you know, the road to hell was paid with good intentions. Lots of Democrats are trying to do good things and we're a lot worse off for it. So, you know, I'm not willing, you know, really willing to give him a pass, but but for this Trump now basically saying that he is going to be stepping down or, or basically he said that, hey, we're allowing the transition team to do its thing because, you know, uh, you know, essentially, you know, you know, that's just what we have to do is be good stewards of, you know, of the economy over here. But, but he's not, you know, fully backing down. But on that news, the Dow surges more than 400 points, closing above 30,000 for the first time ever. And so, you know, I'm surprised Trump didn't tweet about out about this. Hey, look, now that I've stepped down, the stock market's soaring. So is he going to take credit for that one, too? I mean, the guy takes credit for everything else. Then we've got, you know, BlackRock, you know, it's a company we mentioned earlier in the $15 trillion fund industry should be broken up. And I uh, can't pronounce this guy's name at anti, oh, anti-monopoly group says, okay, I was, I'm just, you know, it's, it's been a long day. Uh, and so, uh, John, I didn't read this article. Do you have anything to say about, uh, about them trying to break up these different monopolies here? What it is all about is just that the, the, you know, the fund, like any other, uh, you know, businesses today, you know, that are just constantly mergers and acquisitions that makes them bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And, and that's what happened to BlackRock. They just keeps on eating up, you know, uh, more and more people. Here, here in Canada, we got a BlackRock as well. It's called uh, Power Corporation of Canada. And they basically own almost three quarter of all the mutual fund industry in, in Canada. Uh, so you have these massive conglomerates basically are having, you know, a total monopoly almost over certain, you know, markets. <laughs> There's no competition whatsoever. And that's what they're talking about. But and specifically, no the three companies are talking about is BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street. And they have become too powerful and that the Biden administration and Congress need to rein them in. And then might I also point out that it was BlackRock who then uh, were then managing the Fed's program to buy up investment grade bonds and junk bonds, including their own bullshit junk bond ETF yeah, fund. That they then commission on that. <laughs> to then offload their own bullshit that it's at a hundred cents on the dollar. I mean, that is criminal. Uh, I mean, basically it, it is against the law and the fact that nobody gives a shit. Oh, well, you know, look at this. I've, uh, Powell has his money with BlackRock. Remember that Tim, you know, that, that hasn't been talked too much about, you know, he had uh, his money <laughs> managed with BlackRock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no conflicts of interest and there. Then of course, you got the the Vacovia guy, uh, you know, Steve Mnuchin, you know, massive corruption there in California, of course, with uh, Kamala Harris was, uh, you know, apparently there was things going on there where she didn't actually, you know, uh, you know, put him into prison that he should have been into, and and so on. So you got these guys like. <laughs> 
exactly. But and then you got you know the keytards are over there like saying a little foggy chess. But then, and now listen to this. So you got black combined BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard are the largest owners in 88% of the S&P 500 companies, according to a paper published Tuesday by the American Economic Liberties Project, a group that launched in February taking aim at what it sees as excessive corporate power. For instance, the big three hold leading stakes in companies including Apple, JP Morgan Chase, and Pfizer. So essentially, I mean, this is sort of like a shadow government where, you know, it's sort of fascism. Where, and then also, if you actually break it down and take a look at the the pension funds, especially the government pension funds, the, a lot of the largest owners of these different mutual funds and these different ETFs, these different companies themselves are the the, the, the government pension funds, which is essentially the government then kind of like owning these companies, which is also sort of fascism. And we're just at this, you know, well, yeah, entire... the, the Norwegian pension fund owns 1% of all stocks in the world. <laughs> and then we've got, you know, JP Morgan over here is fined uh, $250 million over risk management failings. I saw another article, I don't have it pulled up, where they were fined like a billion dollars for rigging gold markets, then made a billion dollars uh, rigging, uh, tr sorry, trading gold market so there you go well tim I, I don't know if people understand but actually these big banks they have litigation funds for this uh, for their scams you know that they got going on they, they've set money aside because they know that they're going to get sued and then have to pay some of it back uh, in you know bribes to the government to keep, keep them let, doing all these scams all over again you know it, it's just a massive racket it's like uh, you know they should be charged under rico <laughs> these guys it's i think they actually tried to come after jp morgan uh, uh, they made a RICO lawsuit just uh, not not too long ago, and I don't know how that that is going yet. If if that's coming to fruition or it's been shut down, but you know it's, these guys are just running a mafia operation uh, where they have full control over over the whole system, uh, you know, owning the majority of everything, uh, and and so and people sit there, you know, uh, giving everybody uh, their money. It, the thing is, you know, when you have these funds getting created, like over time, Tim, as you der derivatize the, the financial system, you get more and more derivatives on top of derivatives on top of derivatives. So you get basically a place where you uh, you play a derivative, you bet on the derivative, on the derivative, on the derivative, uh, on a real thing. Uh, so there's not nothing really holding, uh, you know, the, any real assets. You know, it's, it's a lot of derivatives, like a lot of ETFs doesn't hold, you know, a lot of what they promise to actually, like, uh, be able to, uh, you know, hold as assets, you know, what they're measuring against and so on. Um, so, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, when you financialize the economy like this over time, you really just uh, are slowly destroying the economy. But you have to invest your money, Tim, because uh, the government is constantly, you know, getting more money printed and the banks are printing more money by lending out uh, through fractional reserve lending and so on. Uh, so it's a Ponzi scheme that you have to put your money into work because if you're just staying in cash, you're losing up big time, uh, you know, with inflation, just stealing all your money. Yeah, I mean, going in cash is basically going broke safely. But, you know, there are times where, you know, it might make sense, you know, tactically or strategically, if you think a market's going to crash and so you can go from cash into yeah, the market. Yeah, actually, inflation, but the problem is they're just papering it over. <laughs> And speaking of which, yeah, speaking of which, and papering over, and something that is benefiting from this would be the crypto markets. So we're taking a look at CoinGecko.com right now. Bitcoin is sitting in at nineteen thousand one twenty-one. It is November twenty-fourth, twenty twenty. Within earshot of the all-time high 
up 8% this week. Ethereum is up 24% this week. Uh, I know that their uh, ETH2 uh, staking contract that did sell out, I believe, this morning or, or late last night, I guess, depending on what time zone you're in and where in the world you're in. Uh, we've got you know a lot of other crypto has been up a lot this week. Bitcoin Cash is up 38%. Chainlink is up 17%. Litecoin up 70%. Polkadot up 18%. Cardano up 56%. Stellar up 143%. Binance up 21%. EOS up 32%. Uh, funny, the US dollar coin down 0.2%. <laughs> Tron, 37%. Monero up 7%. Keep going on and on and on. And, well, you know, and then Ripple up 127%. And I've been a Ripple hater uh, pretty much since day one. And I will also say that the only video I ever exclusively did on Ripple was the January 3rd, 2018, when it was at $3.40. And I said, I hope all the people saying the ripples going to go to ten dollars. I hope you lose all your effing money. And then my live stream cut out. It was like a three-minute long video. And uh, guess what? I say, you know, even if you're up 127 percent, you know, if you're down, if you go down, uh, you know, like 98 percent, you know, you've got to go up, you know, massively to yeah. get back to get back to even. So I mean, it's not like you just go. If you're down 50 percent, now like you, you know, you got to go up 100 percent to get back to even. But once you're at over 50 percent, the math, you know, changes to get even more dire. And so you know, all these Ripple fanboys. You know, you guys are, you know, help, you know, trying to usher us into your own great, you know, reset over here to help enslave people. So, uh, you know, hopefully those gains aren't, uh, it's probably some like small pump and dump. Who knows what's going on? Yeah, and, and you know, what's even funnier, Tim, is that actually the central bank, like I talked to somebody at the central bank of Canada that told me that they ditched Ripple <laughs> because it wasn't, it wasn't working the way they wanted it to. So they did like a non-blockchain type of system that they're currently working on. And which is called real time transfer for those of you that are interested. Was that part of the Project Jasper or is that something else? <laughs> no, that was the Project Jasper actually that you and me talked about, Tim. Uh, but they actually ditched. Uh, in the pre Tim and John shows, like our prequel. So we do have, yeah. so we will have, this is like, I think, episode 28 of the official shows. Then we probably had another 20 unofficial shows. And that was one of them. It was something like, Bank of Canada wants to yeah, enslave you, Project I, Jasper. I actually had to go and renew my uh, renew my citizenship for Norway. Uh, so I well, I get my new, renew my passport, not my citizenship. But uh, I I was in Ottawa, and of course, you know, at the time, you know, Bank of Canada was involved in Project Jasper, which was Ripple. You know, uh, and also they were working with uh, Project Uniper out of. Uh, uh, out of uh, Monterey Authority of Singapore, but that one actually is alive still, which is you know the Quorum blockchain, uh, which is J.P. Morgan's blockchain. It's live now. It's you know transacting, so they have their own blockchain, uh, which is way better than uh, Ripple, which is garbage. Uh, but you know, again, you know, I don't, I don't want to you know have anything to do with the, <laughs> the J.P. Morgan Quorum blockchain. Uh, but again, you know, it's a, it's a blockchain that actually works compared to ripoff. <laughs> Yeah, and speaking of uh, ripoff, we've got Janet Yellen in her own words, all the different things that she said about Bitcoin over the years. And I wasn't sure if I should have put this here or when we were talking about Janet Yellen earlier. But anyways, we're talking about Bitcoin now. And she said things like in 2015, we do not interpret Bitcoin's popularity as having a relationship with the public's view of the Federal Reserve conduct of monetary policy. December 2017, it is not a stable store of value and it doesn't constitute legal tender. It is a highly speculative asset. And then October 2018, I hope it's not going to get legal tender. Sorry to say that, but like I don't need it by there law. There shouldn't even be legal tender laws. First off, I think you know in a freedom you should just be able to transact however yep. you want. But anyways, I will just say outright, I am not a fan. 
And let me tell you why. I know there are hundreds of cryptocurrencies and maybe something is coming down the line, like a JP Morgan Fed coin, that is more appealing. But I think, first of all, very few transactions that are actually handled by Bitcoin. And many of those take place on Bitcoin or illegal illicit transactions. Actually, they're not. There's been studies shown that actually very few. And you'd have to be an idiot to do that because everything is tracked, traced and surveilled. Sorry, John. Yeah, and compared to, you know, the I actually did this in 2013. Yeah, 2013, when I first, you know, we had a coin fest that was called here in Manitoba. First ever, it was one of the first ones actually in the world of coin fest uh, that existed, uh, which is really cool. But I I was speaking at one of them and I, I was prepared to get that question about, you know, money laundering. And of course, you know, when I looked up the money laundering numbers, they were like somewhere, I think, was it three? No, I think, I think it was more like $9 trillion that were, used for money laundering uh, in US dollars on an annual basis uh, by entities all across the world. <laughs> so, you know, compared to uh, Bitcoin at the time, you know, had a market cap, like, what was it, like $30 billion or something back then? It, you know, so it was just really funny to see these uh, these people that don't understand that, you know, the actual biggest, and, and actually, you know, the, the used dollar is way better uh, to use for money laundering than Bitcoin because Bitcoin you can track and trace, uh, guys. <laughs> Yeah, and just in case the SEC is listening, we're not con or FBI, we're not condoning money laundering. Just pointing out the fact that most of it is done with the U.S. dollar. Yeah, and getting exactly. back, to, yeah, getting back to the article over here, we see that Janet Yellen on blockchain is saying that blockchain could have very significant implications for the payment systems and conduct of business. Of course, it will because they're going to use a FedReserve.gov coin, central bank digital currency, where they track, trace, or value, put you on your on their control grid put you underneath their thumb to control everything and then eventually tie that into universal basic income, which is then, and I sort of like, you know, glossing over this, but this is like pretty much like the biggest story in the world that people should be paying attention to is the fact yeah. we're going into this global technocracy. But anyways, uh, blockchain is very important, new technology that could have implications for the way in which transactions are handled throughout the financial system. So it seems like she is a lot more bullish on blockchain than she is on Bitcoin. And it's, you know, easy to see why. And then we've got, you know, Coinbase to issue a new crypto tax form for 2020. If you guys made a bunch of money in crypto, you can talk to me about how you can protect yourself. And we're talking about like, like seven figure type gains of how you can do different types of charitable trust, things like that, blah, blah, blah. Head to my website, thelibertyadvisor.com to find out more about that. And Bitcoin breaks 19,000. New all time high seems imminent. And, you know, we've already, you know, talked about this. Yeah. And then John had a couple more articles to kind of round things out. Justin Trudeau just revealed what what went on during the G20 Virtual Leaders Summit. I didn't read this article, but John, what went on during the G20 Virtual Leaders Summit? Well, it was, it was more of, a, of the same of the, the whole great reset pushed him. And, and of course, the G20, what do you got to understand with the G20? It's a part of the financial stability board I've been talking about forever. You know, they there they've been talking about uh, recently, you know, how to enslave people with, uh, you know, regulations. They've been pushing out a lot about, uh, uh, you know, how central banks needs to implement uh, or how they uh, should implement, you know, central bank digital currencies. They've been talking about, you know, the one thing that I just got to say before I go any further is, you know, they talk about stable coins, Tim, you know, like U.S. Uh, dollar coin, USD coin, uh, you got Tether, you got a bunch of other ones, uh, and others. Uh, but what these currencies are, they're nothing but stable coins. You know, like they're actually basing them upon the value of something that's loose in mass amounts of value, purchasing power. You know, like, are you guys not like getting this? Like, sorry, crypto people, but are, are you not getting that? You know, the tether 
uh, and all those different, you know, stable coins are the least away from stable that it can be, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, understanding that, but what they're talking about is just, uh, and, and of course, uh, Trudeau, he's all about the great reset here in Canada. Uh, Bank of Canada, Tim, just put out a presentation on the great reset with you green bonds, green uh, renewable energy and all this stuff. And of course, it was financial stability boards uh, or former Bank of Canada chief, Mark Carney, that came over here to now implement this massive, you know, Agenda 2030 uh, sustainable development goals here in Canada uh, to really control, you know, the Canadian uh, public and, and potentially, you know, that letter that somebody leaked out uh, that, you know, I, I wasn't sure if it was a scam or not or just fake. You know, people say, well, if you think you're fake, you know, you shouldn't believe in that. But the problem is that exactly what's happening in that letter that they wrote about has happened so far all the way now till December. You know, they had rolling lockdowns coming into the, the into December, sorry. Um, and so uh, and then they're going to have a reset with IMF money coming in and then basically give people the opportunity to default on their debt and then lose their actual title to that debt that they held, you know, their home, their car and, and so on. And the government of Canada will take ownership over that. So that's fantastic. <laughs> and like, I, I wouldn't put it past them, to be honest with you, you know, that, uh, and they've talked about, you know, the sp special drawing rights being, you know, used, you know how uh, central banks are buying all these assets now, Tim? Well, they were talking about how, you know, the, the SDR, that with the IMF and the SDR would just, you know, do exactly what the central banks are doing to the economy, the local economies, but just to all the central banks you know, bailing them up, but taking, you know, their balance sheets and then putting um, all the money onto the balance sheet. And of course, in the United States, uh, the SDRs are held by the, the exchange stabilization fund that was created by stealing all the gold from the people back in the day in $2 billion. And then, you know, used to sinister, you know, manipulation of the currency that Trump was blaming, you know, everybody, uh, China for, which he has actually a fund called the exchange stabilization fund, which is states that it's there to make the US dollar a stable currency. <laughs> that, but you know, back to the G20 meeting, Tim, it's, it's nothing but a, a love fest for, you know, exactly what is happening uh, in the economy. And of course, they, you know, they're pushing aside, you know, they're, they're hating on Trump. And, and second of all, you know, what's really interesting is that Biden and um, Biden and Trudeau has a very close relationship because what you got to understand, and I talked to, I, I think it was, was it? Uh, yeah, it was, um, um what's his name uh oh my goodness i forgot his name now uh that we just had on uh, autonomy there richard grove yeah richard grove uh he, you know i was mentioning how uh you know the canadian uh team campaign team uh was basically the united states team for obama that was brought over to canada uh to run his uh, the trudeau campaign so basically these two uh, bozos you know the liberals over here and democrats They've been working together for a very long time uh, and they're using the same people to run, you know, their their different uh, promotions around to, you know, uh, streamline, you know, into a massive, you know, uh, because they really want like a EU for North America. They want Mexico and Canada and the United States to be the same. And who knows, Tim, maybe we'll get it soon. You know, maybe uh, we'll be merged. But I, I do believe that a lot of uh, especially a couple of provinces here in Canada and a bunch of states will definitely pull out of that is stupidity union that I would call it, you know, uh, but that's the red dream team is, is, you know, to have these uh, massive uh, government control system.
But you know what we really Snide, need? Well, I don't know. You just mentioned wet dream and pulling out in the same same sentence over here. But we have also have you know Zambia becomes first Africa's becomes Africa's first coronavirus era default. What happens now? And so, and then another article I just saw right now, like right this second, this wasn't one that's on the list, but if you guys go to the link down below, you can actually see all the articles we have, except for this one, because I just found it right now. But New York City will have COVID checkpoints at key bridges and crossings. So very glad I got out of there uh, nine years ago. Well, I got out of upstate New York. But anyways, you know, same deal. Uh, and it's, you know, they've got, you know, $1,000 to $2,000 fines. Uh, according to the mayor's office, if you don't follow their edicts and just realize I didn't have that on screen, but let me get that screen right now. It's from MSN.com. New York City will have COVID checkpoints at key bridges and crossings. So it's just crazy. But anyway, sorry, but I know this was another one of your articles over here about Zambia <laughs> defaulting. And, uh, you know, what do you, what do you got to say about, you know, what's going on with Zambia defaulting? Well, Zambia actually defaulted on the Belt and Road initiatives loans through the Asian Investment Bank back in the day. They actually had to uh, forfeit their, what was it, their uh, uh, airport and uh, a massive hydro dam, I believe, energy facility that they'd give up to the Chinese. I don't know which this one is. This one seemed to be Eurobond issue. Uh, so it's probably uh, a IMF loan potentially or a loan from, from the European Union potentially. Um, I'm just looking here. Um, no, it's it's an IMF. It seems like it's an IMF, IMF loan um and it's extended credit facility program yeah so it's it's basically an imf loan that they defaulted on here tim uh and they of course have defaulted on uh, the chinese debt uh as well so so these guys you know that they're, they're just predator lender the chinese just invented reinvented imf through their asia investment bank uh and of course the united states is not a member there which is funny because china is a member of the imf tim uh so we just see like how, <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the, the United States did it from before. So the Chinese was like, well, let's just do what the Americans did and, you know, uh, go and act like loan sharks and steal from people uh, by, you know, borrowing money to corrupt, uh, you know, uh, leaders. Interesting enough though, Tim, is that uh, Zambia, I, I, one of my uh, uh, good friends here in Winnipeg, he actually has a Zambian wife and, and uh, she had told him actually that in Zambia right now, there's no restrictions or enforcements at all. Uh, so maybe Zambia is the place to go for Josh. I, I heard that Josh was going to go somewhere else. So maybe you should go over to Zambia, uh, where there's a death default happening right now. And um, maybe he'll have a lot of freedom there, potentially, of what he actually can get here in you know North America. Because uh, what you're looking at, and I, I wouldn't put it past you know here in Manitoba right now, massive restrictions that you know, they're going to really push uh that as well here tim no checkpoints but that's one of the big reasons why we should get the heck out of the cities you know do the opposite of what the united nations agenda 2030 suggests of massive smart cities you know where where everybody lives uh and then you know we got to free the land from the people you know we we destroyed the land so we got to take away the land from all the people living rurally that actually feeds everybody uh a lot of them at least you know that live there are farmers and now, of course, the farmers are dying out. So, you know, it's almost like a apocalyptic, you know, future that could be heading towards because everybody's living in the cities. They don't understand that, you know, chasing people from the countryside and making it harder for people to live in the countryside is destroying the farming industry. 
uh, and you just get massive conglomerates there as well. You know, like they're talking about the BlackRock being a monopoly, basically. Well, look at all the, the Cargill and other big farming conglomerates, Tim, that, that's out there as well. You know, you end up with these massive conglomerates because you, you, what you really should have, you should have free market where you have like a lot of smaller businesses, you know, um, fighting to, you know, be able to uh, provide the best possible product and, and, you know, not have this massive toxic, you know, uh, farming industry that are, you know, being created by uh, Monsanto and others, you know, where they basically are killing people with their products, uh, like Oxycontin, you know, let's, let's get into Oxycontin, Tim, right before the end here, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical industry as well, you know, like, it was funny how Bayer and, and Monsanto, you know, merged because you got pharma and uh, the, uh, the agri industry, you know, the, the agri industry is making you sick. So then the pharma industry has to, you know, uh, give you something to then uh, fix your symptom. Uh, and so, so they, they totally go hand in hand. Uh, but, you know, of course, it was a, a what was it, $8.3 billion, uh, $8.3 billion settlement right now because of the Oxycontin, you know, crisis. I, I do believe there was a number, you know, it's hard to find a number. I was looking on, on, uh, on um, uh, the Wikipedia page here, Tim, but you know, they're saying somewhere like, uh, was it uh, 14,800 deaths uh, uh, per year, basically uh, four, 42,800, uh, you know, uh, emergency visits uh, per year, basically of Oxycontin overdoses. Uh, so th th there's numbers that are said uh, from what I remember, don't call me on this, but I, I think I heard as high as 400,000 people have died over the years of Oxycontin. And then, of course, uh, you know, that's actually you know that that was what killed them because they actually took it and, and uh, you know, people overdosed and died uh, from it. And so we're talking about you know, the coronavirus, actually Oxycontin that was created by a pharmaceutical company murdered more people, uh, way more people than COVID has so far in the United States. Uh, and of course, those numbers, you know, with uh, uh, the mockery and, and, you know, testing and so on that we also talked about, you know, the, uh, it, it's just like, Tim, this is like all these massive corrupt big businesses that, you know, have been created in the United States. Well, what else uh, is going to overdose is like the Fed's been taking Oxycontin and you actually had a situation, I think it was like three or four years ago, the former uh, Dallas Fed president, Richard Fisher actually said that the Fed was being, this is his direct quote that you can find on CNBC if you guys just go on YouTube and, and you know search that in there. But you can uh, find him saying the Federal Reserve was was using, was on heroin and cocaine is, and is now maintaining itself on Ritalin. Again, this is three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and basically now we're past that and we're on like, uh, you know, fentanyl or something because it's going absolutely insane. Our and eventually, you know, maybe the fentanyl, maybe the whatever uh opiates you just mentioned will uh drown out your pain but eventually if you take it too much it's going to kill you and that's what's going to happen it's going to kill the entire economy it's going to kill the dollar the dollar was already doomed but now they're using this whole great reset issue and even more tyranny that's going on and more people will die from all that than they will even die from coronavirus and then you've got you know oh well look at this in like three months we'll be able to you know operation warp speed be able to deem these vaccines safe and effective but meanwhile it's been 100 fucking years i've been way longer than that it's been since eternity that marijuana has been 
out there. But yeah, we don't have any, that's still a schedule one drug and that that doesn't have any known positive benefits being a schedule one drug. But yet this whole, you know, RNA changing vaccine, which, you know, my thing is, if this is some groundbreaking thing that's never been done before, why'd they have to wait to now to figure out how to do it? Like, oh yeah, we were just waiting to some pandemic and then we're all rushing. Dude, the whole thing is BS. You got families like the Sackler family who are the big Oxycontin makers, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that. They were the ones who are putting in money in 2016 in Arizona to prevent marijuana from being legalized in 2016. So then that way people would get more hooked on their opiate drugs. And, and luckily, you know, that measure failed this year, a much better bill than the one that was in 2016. So I guess in hindsight, it's probably a good thing that one failed. But anyways, it was these cronies who were lobbying against it. Sorry, John. Well, yeah. And isn't it the Purdue family that actually owns, uh, you know, Oxycontin? So it's funny, you know, we were talking with uh, Melody Krell about the Purdue's, but it, I think it's spelled differently. But, you know, there you go. There's the, there's the real Purdue family, you know, in control over just murdering people left, right and center with their. Well, it's, well the Sackler family it's, is the one who owns Purdue. So oh, Purdue, sorry. so Purdue Pharma is owned by Sackler. Oh, so yeah, that's an, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, my, so yeah, so then it was the Sackler family who was the one who, uh, you know, lobbied to make, to keep marijuana being illegal in Arizona. And this time I think it, it because of coronavirus, they didn't have as much of a lobbying effort against it and uh, ended up passing this time. But, you know, I'm sure between them and all the private you know, prison industry and the police industrial complex and oh, that's, yeah, big that's pharma. Another thing too, with Correction Corps of America, you know, the, the imprisonment racket that that is as well, you know, to pay dividends on people imprisoned. Uh, you know, that's a whole nother racket. My, me, actually, me and Quinn just recently watched that documentary on the Correction Corps of America. I, I knew about it. I actually wrote I've never about seen it. it. I, I know, like, I know about CCR, but which you can actually buy stock, and I believe the stock actually is not recommending it. I think it, I think it actually is CCR, where you can buy stock on the prison industry. But I didn't end up uh, eating yet today, so I, 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 not today, but actually, I didn't really have too much of a lunch. And as you could tell, I've been sort of in a pissed off mood because I, you know, look at all this news, and I didn't really want to do a show. And then, not help you, does it? <laughs> yeah, I didn't really want to do a show. I wanted to go eat, but instead of eating, I had to go talk about Janet Yellen becoming Treasury Secretary and all these other assholes in the news that I wish I didn't have to go focus on and talk about. But if you guys want to see us talk to some really, this is the best. Sorry, no. Yeah, but if you guys want to get, I'm telling you that SpaceX interview we did. I mean, Jim Cantrell absolutely did not hold back at all, getting into all sorts of crazy stuff and like NSA and things that you guys would not expect someone that was a co-founder of SpaceX to talk about. Highly recommend that one. Highly recommend the Richard Grove interview. Highly recommend the Russell Gray interview. That actually, I believe that one's actually out on BitChute right now, the Russell Gray one. But if you want to get those other two first before anybody else, they're not out yet. But we will be sending that out shortly to our email list, and so. Again, the list is bit.ly forward slash Tim John email. And then that will be put on our email list. It has a number for phone number. You don't have to put the phone number in, but if you put the phone number in, then it can then be on an emergency text backup list. And it actually does cost a lot of money to send out those texts. So believe me, I think I've sent out like three or four ever. So we're not, you know, spamming the hell out of you. And if anything, my big problem is I have not been using my email list at all. But now, you know, old school is the new new school, you know, low tech yeah. is the new high tech. And that's one way to get around the the sensors. And we've got our list now backed up on a few different places. 
places and also you know on excel spreadsheets and csv files so in that way if they come and try to jack you know like a mailchimp like they did to uh dan dix then we are going to be able to you know weather that storm but anyways thank you guys so much for watching thank you all for the comments thank you for putting up with me being in a pissed off mood but you know when you're i love it but when you're an italian and you're hungry this is what happens you get all pissed off and um yeah, I was saying Italian in New York City now, and it just makes you want to punch, you know, both the promos in the face. But anyways, <laughs> please sign up for that email list. You know, that's one way that you guys can help, you know, let us still be able to reach you. Because the biggest thing isn't about taking away our money and taking away the reach. It's about, you know, not being able to have people actually see this information, hear the information, being able to expose what's going on is the most frustrating part of all this. And, and I think what someone had mentioned in the comments, too, I think it was uh, Silver something, Silver Money Dude had mentioned in the comments something like, you know, hey, when are people going to realize that these cooks... What these kooks have been saying all this time have actually been right and it's just so frustrating that you know we can be out here and a guy like me can say you know trump is going to win in 2016 and they're going to blame it on the russians and then you know basically since march of 2017 i've been doubling tripling quadrupling quintilling down on that trump would lose to the democratic field and this is why and then now it's like oh well you know uh, now I'm getting lambasted from the Q crowd, getting lambasted from the left and from the right. But love you guys for you know paying attention to what we're doing over here. And it's not about trying to be right. It's about trying to you know not be enslaved to this technocratic control grid. You guys can find out all John's stuff at theeconomictruth.org. And, and and here I am just playing with a fidget spinner over here because I've got ADD and I've been sitting down working all day. But anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. And at, at John's website, you guys get all of his consulting information, get all of his uh, charts and special reports and books books. And then at my website, thelibertyadvisor.com, you can find out how to become a client and then also, you know, take a look, uh, you know, and also, you know, if you have an old 401k, old IRA, we are putting together a, uh, great reset strategy to try to, uh, you know, get around this, uh, you know, tyranny that's heading on the pipelines. Anyways, I'm Tippa Cho. That's John Snyson, who actually it's not John because I'm pointing at just a picture of myself. Okay, there's John Snyson. And anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on other platforms. And peace out, everybody. Peace.